Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. And Raja Bell. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is going on? Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. A lot of golf was going. We're going to get to the British Open because Tiger's back, baby. I love it. Yep. Uh, Pete Prisco is going to join us to talk a little NFL. It's getting closer and closer. You can almost feel it around the corner. Hannah is back. We can't, we're can't. we so glad to have Welcome back, back, Hannah. Yeah, and we have decided because I'm too old to be talking about Twitter and Instagram stuff, so I think we're just going to hand everything like social to Hannah. So she's going to pop in on that uh, in a little bit, so uh, great to have her back. But as I mentioned off the top, Tiger is back, baby. He was back in full effect. It was funny because this is really the first time um, you know, obviously hasn't won a major in 10 years. Right. This was the first time where he was back in the scene with social media. And that's kind of how we consume sports now. But that to me, as I was watching, it was one of the, there were so many aspects of watching it yesterday that were different. But watching some of the younger crowd who hadn't seen Tiger be in the hunt on Sunday right. was pretty fascinating to see that unfold. But I was rooting for him. And it was a fantastic day. Overall, I think. I'm sure he's disappointed, but overall I think it was fascinating. Where do you where do you stand on the Will Tiger win another major like So I was like at the lowest of the lows, I thought he would never win another major, but I thought he would have another PGA tour win. Okay. Like I thought he could get back to that. But after watching that, I feel pretty confident that he'll get another one. Now, just because of this the the open championship performance, or you're talking about his body of work over this particular golf season? All of it, yeah. both of those combined. Because I thought yesterday was a definite, you know, positive step in his comeback. But seeing his swing, seeing his health, right. all of it looks like it's coming together just perfectly. Yeah, I seem. I, I think, like, I, I pull for him. I make no bones. About, I don't hide that. Like, I'm a Tiger fan. I always have been. Um, but I, I, I think that I'm, I'm back on. Like, and, and a big part for me, I, and I, I've said it before, was like the issues with his health, like the having to withdraw from tournaments, which is a bad yeah. look when you're not winning and you're down, you know, you're barely making the cut or you're not making the cut, but you had to withdraw prior to that because of the back. Like his back looks like he's in good shape. Um, and you don't lose, you don't lose talent. Like you might, you might lose your edge, like that, that ability to get over the hump and win uh, a tournament. And you might have to relearn how to do that, which clearly Tiger, you know, giving up a lead. I don't, I don't know what the stats say about that, but like I just don't ever remember him doing that like, right. in his heyday. You'll have to learn how to do that again, right? You're a different player. You know, there's different there are different um, you know psychological things that come into play now that maybe didn't come into play back then. But in terms of like knowing how to play golf and what you physically were gifted with the ability to do, you don't forget how to do that. That doesn't go away, provided that you're healthy and you can make the swing and 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 all the biomechanics of your swing are are the same. Um, so I believe now watching him healthy, hunting, in the mix. He hasn't gotten over the hump yet, but but you could see the pieces starting to come together. I'm with you, dude. I think he wins another major f for sure. Um, and I think that he's a viable, like he's number 50 in the world right now. He made uh, the, he made the, uh, what, are the, what is it, the Tour Championship like playoff series? Yeah, like, yeah, the FedEx Cup. The FedEx Cup, yep. right? Like he made that. I think he's going to be a top 20 golfer for the next couple. I don't know how long of a shelf life this has at 42 years old yep. with back problems, right? But having said that, over the next three years, I think he's a top 20 golfer. So we're looking at the odds here for the 2018 PGA Championship. Championship, the next uh, major that comes up. His odds, 16 to 1, are the same as Justin Thomas, the same as Justin Rose. Those guys are all in the top 10 of in the world. Justin Thomas is ranked 2 in the world. Justin Th Rose is ranked 3rd. So essentially, Tiger Woods is right now 
a top five golfer in the world, the way he's playing and the way that Vegas perceives him. Right. And I am totally on board with that. The thing that I love about this story is I don't like, I think there's a couple things. I don't think, I think we forget just because what we do like, by our nature, I think we forget how dominant he was. Right. In twice, he had really two uh, amazing stretches. One when he hit the scene and then he revamped his swing and then hit it again. But he was winning a third of every tournament he was entering. Every, like whether it was a major or regular, like every yeah. third tournament he was winning. Um, I think we forget that. And then I, I don't know if anybody understands how far he fell, not only from the mental thing and what he lost from his family and his wife and all that, but also how bad it was for him physically. Like right. He was a guy who didn't know if he was going to play golf again. Like If you talk to some of his closest friends, they said he was wondering, would he ever play again? You saw it play out in tournaments where he was withdrawing and he had the yips. When he went out of the Phoenix Open, yeah. that was that was when I, that was I would say the lowest of the low when I was like, I don't I don't know if he's ever gonna. It's when he was out there chili dipping and digging yes. up. Yeah, yeah, it right. It was awful. So for all of that, like I don't know if we can truly appreciate it. Like when I was rooting for him with you, I was rooting for him and Jordan Speeth. Like that's what I wanted right. to see play out. But as I was watching him, I'm like, if he wins it, this might be one of the greatest sports moments comebacks that I've ever seen in my lifetime. Yeah. When you think about how, like I was trying to. That's what it felt like when I was watching yesterday. Like, yeah, I, me too. I was like, I was, I was like we're, we're watching history. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is incredible. I was trying to like think of a way, like I don't, I don't even think it's equivalent to if Jordan had won a title with the Wizards. Like I think because no. Jordan never really went away that bad and had that many struggles to deal with. Like, yeah, he didn't hit think, rock bottom. Like the exactly. Tigers have been to the bottom. Rock bottom. Yeah. And it wasn't that long ago when he was arrested up, just up the road in Jupiter. Yeah. And it was for, you know, he had drug. I mean, you're talking about rock bottom on a physical, like on, on, All on of personal, it. on professional. Like he's been to the bottom. Every single angle of it uh, is just an amazing story. And I, I was also curious because I, I don't know if there are people that are still holding all that against him. I'm sure there are. Like, and I was thinking, I'm like, who would root against Tiger right this is now? That was the question I was going to ask you, yeah. right? Like, what? first of all, I'm, I'm sure they're out there. But overwhelmingly, I think, like, when you're watching these galleries, like, people are out there pulling for Tiger. Yeah. And I don't remember, like, and, and I, I the question is why, I guess. I don't know that you have the answer for me. But how why has that, against like, him? no, why they root for him now? Like, oh. why, why, how has it become, like, he was public enemy number one. My in-laws almost didn't talk to me for years when I supported, <laughs> like, I still cheered for Tiger after all of that stuff went down. Like, they, like, it was guilt by association with them, right? So, I guess my question is how, what has happened between then and now? I think, I think everybody loves comeback stories. I think we it's do. As I simple think as that. does, yeah. If you're contrite, if you're uh, genuine, and I think he has been, I think right. he's genuinely regrets a lot of the decisions he made i think he i think he's remorse i think he's i think he was heartbroken he lost to everything he lost his family he was worried he wouldn't get his kids wouldn't be able to see him for a while yeah um here's the way i look at tiger which i think is interesting when he was winning every third tournament and he was this mythic figure i was watching him and i was rooting for everybody else because i wanted to say i want to see him made human right? right i want to see him get challenged and then now I'm on the flip side. He's now the that he's been human, he's the underdog now. I want to see him back to that mythic you know, figure that we saw for so long. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's 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 a great story, and I think it'll continue to it's go. great for golf, dude. Oh, like anytime he's there. I mean, think about the sets totally of eyes that were tuned five. in yesterday. Oh, yeah. that Wouldn't normally be if he wasn't there. The ratings are going to be off the yeah. charts for sure. So we haven't even talked about the winner, Francesco uh, Molinari <laughs> from Italy. Right. Uh, goes out there, and if you saw his like, I played a lot of golf. You have too. Uh, he did what I consider is the most boring thing you can do. 18 pars. 18. Goes out there, just plays as smooth as it goes out there. Par, par, par. That's what he said he was going to do. Um, just kept you know, getting par after par after par. The model of consistency. And 
he's apparently he's been playing as good as anybody's been playing. Like and all the PGA guys, because as general golf fans, even myself, I'm pretty dialed in. Yeah. But I didn't realize how well he had been playing leading up to this tournament. Justin Thomas was talking about. So I saw I played with him Thursday and Friday. He was gonna go lights out. Um Great story for Italy, but it wasn't what I want. Like I was kind of like, oh, like what a boring winner, you know? Yeah, I wanted to see some other story. Want to see the fireworks? Well, good for him. But this dude lives the life that I think all of us want to aspire to, because it wasn't that long ago he was playing with another tour pro, Wesley Bryant, and uh, so the guy actually took notes from when he was playing with him. He said, "Here's his plan. <laughs> He's going to retire in two and a half years." He's going to watch sports on TV, go to the local coffee shop, have three cups of coffee per day, read maybe some books, and then use free Wi-Fi at places and become a Twitter troll. <laughs> I have it all planned. That's his, that's his retirement plan, which I think is he great. Looked, he looks like that would be his retirement plan. <laughs> yeah. Like, when you look at him, that's what comes – that's what he exudes, right? Oh, like totally. Just, yeah. That's fantastic. Like just, just there. I wonder, do you think he changes that retirement plan? Nah. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, look at him. Look at him, so bro. There, there was also a story. So he – was on the bag as a caddy for his brother, who's yeah. also a really good uh, player, like 10 or 12 years ago uh, at the 2004 Masters, correct? Is that what I said? That's Ebo? What, what year was it? 2006 Masters. He was on the bag with his brother. Like this, I like, there were some great stories. This one you have to dig a little bit deeper. Obviously, we knew Tiger, but this is a really cool, cool story in of itself that he was on the bag at the Masters, like caddying while they're playing with Tiger. Like, I wonder if Tiger even addressed him or said anything aside from nice to meet you at the beginning of the round and that was it. Um yeah, I was watching I was watching kind of uh Tiger went back into stoic Tiger mode. Not not and I, I look, it's Sunday and you're in the mix, you're on top of the leaderboard. I would expect you to change your your demeanor a little bit, but he wasn't laughy, jokey like let's have a good time this round type of Tiger. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting because um Molinari looks like a a bit of a, a um like I don't know. I don't. I can't say it on air. Nah, 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 nah. He oh. looks like he could be a little cocky. Like, oh yeah. Now he's he keeps it cool and collected. Like he's straight yeah. down the middle. But he looks like he's not. He doesn't care who you are. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I guess you have to be that way to go out and and just par every hole and birdie eighteen when you're playing with Tiger under that kind of like under that kind of microscope. Yep. Um, but I was interested to see the dynamic there. So I don't think Tiger. Um, I don't think Tiger and he had many words going on. No, yesterday. I don't think so either. So a lot of people wanted to see how the younger golfers, the guys who never were on the course with Tiger on a Sunday, struggles. wanted to see how they would pan out. And there was one guy who struggled a lot. It was Jordan Spieth, who we talked a lot about. Uh, here's I want to get some sound from Friday on you talking about Jordan Spieth. Okay. Once you experience, you know, one slip up at the Masters and you don't win it, mm-hmm. right? And then you then you have cut at the US you, Open. Cut at the US Open. Go. And those doubts, like, you have to be the toughest mental nut uh, to be able to go out there and perform on that level, on that stage against your peers, guys that are just as good as you. Um, and when that starts, when there's like a little crack in that foundation, um, you, you wind up going through like sophomore slumps. And, and yes. that's what I would say like Jordan is. He'll figure it out. Like he's a good enough golfer. He's tough. But right now he's a little uncertain as to whether or not like he can at times. And that's just enough to let everybody else pass you up on a leaderboard. So, are you worried about Jordan Spieth after he shot a 76 on Sunday? That's five over par. No, me neither. I, I'm not at all. At all. I think. I think again. Some of it goes back to how good Tiger was and how dominant he was. That he set the bar that everybody else is going to be judged against. Right. And at one time, they were talking about Jordan Spieth that way. Like they were saying yeah. hey, he could be the next Tiger. So we look at it and we're like, oh my gosh. But I'm not worried about him at all. You know, like I know, golf is one of those games where you can hit a, you can have a 
bad shot or maybe like a bad result on a hole, maybe not even a bad shot, just like a, a, a putt that doesn't go. You can get on tilt so quick and it can cost you four residual strokes, like just because you're not locked in. And so of all the games, like one bad round in golf isn't going to get me off your team. You know right. what I mean? Oh, like yeah. I, I'm with you. I think you're talented enough. You've seen him in action where he does figure it out. You know, right now there's clearly a little there's clearly a little uncertainty there. I think he more than anybody is one of those guys that probably all right, so like the Rory McElroys of the world, yeah. like those guys, I think they want to beat Tiger. Like I don't think they revere Tiger. Right. Like, they know that Tiger was a boss, but they're like, yo, I'm I'm better than Tiger. Mm -hmm. Like he was a young American golfer. I think he's got a little reverence for Tiger. So I think he more than anybody when those roars and stuff were going off might have been affected. I, I'm, I'm giving him that one to uh, – that's a pass for me. Yeah, and he talked about it. He said, I've always wanted to have this moment. So it is something he grew up like – much like Tiger grew up with the posters of Jack and mm -hmm. all that, he probably grew up with posters of Tiger sure. and said he wanted to do it. And I would, I would ask this to anybody who's worried about Jordan Spieth. Well, are you worried about uh, Dustin Johnson? Are you worried about Jordan Spieth? Like, are you worried about it? Like, I mean, excuse me, are Justin Thomas, like guys who missed the cut? Right. I'd rather be in Jordan Spieth's shoes who had an incredible tournament and just didn't play well sure. on Sunday than any of those guys. All right, let's let's uh, let's get to You Have to See It, where our boy Phil Mickelson was rocking oh. his new look, as he always does. I mean, he's trying to change the game. You have so to see He's got the, uh, the button down, all white, which isn't flattering color it's as it is really what are it's you just, doing i don't love that that can't be comfortable to play golf in that no it can't be now i've had one of these mizen and main shirts before they are kind of an athletic i don't care right i don't either they're just they're not they're not they're not a good look i mean know? what is that is that like a stretch like uh yeah, it's dry like the, wicking material that's not your yeah. basic oxford like uh no no it's not it's uh, like, button down right it's not your typical cotton oxford but it is uh it's not a good look for our boy there. And, it, like, yeah, I don't know. He, like, he, look. You got you to gotta be in shape if you're going to pull off that look, too. That's the other thing. Just generally. Like but yes. you, that's not, like, that. We're playing golf in long sleeve, like, Oxford type of shirts just is not a comfortable thing. Like, that, those shirts <laughs> grab in all the wrong places when you're I, trying to swing a club. I can't wear with a rain jacket yeah, on. Man. I don't like it either. All right, let's get to our have to hear it where uh, this is fantastic. Eddie Pepperall, who was playing in the British Open. This yeah. is great. Had an excuse for one of his rounds, but then he actually found something that might have worked. All right. You have to hear it. I was a little hungover, I won't lie. I had too much to drink last night. And, uh, you know, I was so frustrated with yesterday that today was really, I'm not going to say a write-off, but I, I didn't feel like I was in the golf tournament. And whether I shot 69 or 73 today, I, I wouldn't have, you know, it wouldn't have been heartbreaking. Oh, look, so great. when you have nothing to lose, right? Right? You loose. You yes. just go out there and you play golf or whatever you're doing. You know what's funny? The first time I saw that, I thought it was another one of those dudes, like the impressionist. Yeah. Saw that. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. thought it was a bit. Like, I thought it was a joke. But he's a real golfer who goes out there, plays bad, so he gets hammered, comes back, and follows it up with his uh, 67. Some of my best, like, practices – um, I'm not going to say like game games. Some of my right. best practices like in college and stuff came after nights of just getting like absolutely hammered. And like you come in there and, and you, you just know that you have to be on point. Like you're making up, you know, you know, you didn't do right last night. So you got to be like extra dialed in. And so, uh, like sometimes that can work to your benefit. Oh, absolutely it can. David Wells famously had the nice. no-hitter after he was out like on some bender like with yeah. the, all night long. Uh, <laughs> it comes out and throws a no-hitter. One of the, our perfect game even, even better than that. Over yeah. the Yankees. 
Uh, so yeah, maybe that's maybe that's what we need to do next time we go out and play golf. We'll just have to have a good night out the night before, and then we'll go low the next day. All right, uh, let's move on because we got to get a lot of stuff too in the show. We got Pete Prisco coming up. Johnny Manziel's on the move in Canada. Did you know that? I did not know. Yeah, that. he's on the move, and we have summer reading, my favorite segment huh. of the entire summer with Raja. That's coming up next on Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench with Canel and Bell. This is my favorite segment. <clears throat> it's <clears throat> get to read a little bit. Get my and tea. So the, the deal is summer reading with Raja takes place every Monday, and we read excerpts from the book Seven Seconds or Less by Jack McCallum. <clears throat> now we get to the good stuff. We already had a lot of good stuff, but this is the clothesline chapter. So what this do you got for what you've for been us? waiting for. You've yeah. been tuning in the whole time for Yes, this. this is it. All right, so here we go. This is apparently, uh, Jack says, this is right before the clothesline. Uh, when Bell complains to a referee near the Laker bench that Bryant was not whistled for an elbow, he hears a comment from Phil Jackson that includes the words, deserve it. Bell has to restrain himself from going at Jackson. Do you remember that specific instance when you hear Phil Jackson say this? Uh, yeah, it's not crystal clear, but I do remember the exchange, and I do remember like having a lot of like beef with Phil Jackson. He was one of those dudes that liked to talk to he you. He was a chirper. He Yarr. was chirping from yeah. the, at the players. Yeah, you know, he's all this head game stuff. Yeah. And so like he'd always be over there running his mouth. And yeah. I Are a lot of coaches like that? Because nah. I've always been like, hey, you can go after the refs, you can go after your own players, but coaches – like other team is off limits, like because you can't really do anything to him. Like you can't fight him, you can't go up, you can't foul him hard. I know. You can't do anything to him. So I always felt like that was off limits. Uh, yeah, I, I like typically as a coach, I don't even when I'm coaching kids, I don't like my coach, I don't like the other coaches to talk to my kids. Right. Like you could talk to your players and cheer or whatever, but don't talk to my kids. Quick story before I go into the more, yeah. more reading. So let's pause. I was in Arizona, 1999, playing in the Arizona Lake Invitational Tournament with FIU, Lute Olsen. Uh, a ball went down to the ground, and we were, like, in a scrum, and he called me, like, a thug or something like that. Like, And it wasn't like that. Like, we were just – but he was one of those, you have no business in here playing against my team. We're the Wildcats, whatever. He said something, and I was like, Coach, it wasn't like – and he said something back, and I called him an old redneck. <laughs> the whole place started booing me. <laughs> the whole place started booing me. All right, anyway, so here we go. This is post game after the clothesline. As Bell gets dressed, Tim Thomas says with a big smile, don't be a bitch to the media now. Uh, they tell me that's my only chance, says Raja. I understand, says Thomas. Go be a bitch then. I'll forgive you in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> what was the what was the majority of the guys in your? They must have loved it. Like your teammates must have loved it. I think that they were really really surprised. Um, at, like they couldn't imagine that I would have put us in that precarious situation because nobody knew like exactly what was going to happen to me, how long the suspension. But I think deep down, most of them loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So this is uh, Barbosa having to replace Raja in the starting lineup for Game Six. Um, that's the context here. So there's a saying around the league that the more money you make, the less you take a charge. But that doesn't apply to Bell. After finally getting a good contract that at least one pundit termed the worst of the summer. Messed up. Jesus. <laughs> Bell threw his body around like a Hollywood stuntman. Oddly, he became known as both a tough guy and a flopper. As to the latter, Bell prefers to say that he's merely emphasizing a call that should be made. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but I think the, the one thing I take from this, do you think a lot of guys, once they get the contract, they change significantly the style of play like will they be more cautious with their body will they not play as hard it depends on how i would actually admire that more about you like an hour yeah. do. but like the fact that you got paid and it didn't affect the way you were played because you always played that way yeah it depends on how you're built there's some guys yes they will play in the contract year once they get the money everything changes but if you're built to like scrap and claw and you're the <laughs> underdog it, it won't change when you get the money right might change when you're like an 18 year vet or something and you don't want to get hurt but all right good stuff i like that all right so that was yeah. What's that, summer reading? Yeah, let's All right. move to so let's read move. and react. 
react. There we go. Read and react. So this is uh, Johnny Manziel sent to, him the, sent to Montreal on a five-player deal. After spending just five games with zero starts as a part of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, the former Heisman Trophy winner was traded to the Montreal Alouettes. Good for him. He's got. He had a good coach, June Jones, yeah. uh, who was like runs a really great system. He's a longtime coach at Hawaii. Was at SMU, but he's got a quarterback there in Jeremiah Masoli, who's doing pretty well. Got so the kid from Oregon. Stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He All was right. out at all, and then transferred to Ole Miss. Like, okay, he, he kind of had a, a different path to get to where he is. But great for Manziel to be able to get there. June Jones said, "I've been pleasantly surprised the last three weeks. What a good teammate he is. How smart he is. How he sees the game. He should be playing in the NFL, and I believe he will." when he gets through with us talking about the Canadian football league, but I'm pretty sure he has to play two years. Yeah. He is still locked into a two year deal that will keep him in Canada till 2020, but at least now he'll get to play. Right. He'll have an opportunity to get on the field, to hone his craft and get film out there so that NFL teams can evaluate him, can see him, can see the way he's playing, even though it's a totally different game, but good for him to finally get to play. But this, right. this does suck for him. Like it's a, like getting traded in Canada, moving again after he's made this decision. But, uh, you know, again, a comeback story, much like Tigers. Hopefully he can get all the way back. What do you know about Montreal? I've only – I flew through there once to get to Toronto. You're all right. No, no, I don't know. I'm not – like, I mean, this I... – <laughs> that's, that's all I know. All right. So there's a report out there. A Chinese team is set to offer Dwayne Wade a monster deal, currently an unrestricted free agent. The report from Sportando says the Chinese team, Zhang Zhang, of the F- Flying Tigers, are prepared to make a monster offer – uh, Wade is currently in China after signing a lifetime shoe deal with Lightning. All right, what would it take? What would it take you to go to China? Um, uh, at that point, in, like right now, like for me, I go to China. <laughs> right, exactly, me too. We'll you name it. Let's go. We'll go through the podcast from China. Uh, I would imagine but if you were like for, for 15, 15, 15 mil probably. D Wade or yeah, for you? <laughs> for, for well, for me, I'd go for a single mil. <laughs> right. But uh, no, I, I think anything north of like. Anything in the 15 mil and north range, I what, think. What, what about? So I'm trying. What I'm trying to get to is what is the difference? Like, let's say because he, he could probably make 10, don't you think? Somewhere here, uh, I think Did it's gonna be hard for him. To, I think it's gonna be hard for him to make 10 million now. All right. So what if it like is it especially with the heat? With the heat, like, where else is he gonna go at this point? Right. Like, he came back to the heat. Right. Like, like he got traded home, and now it's all way away. We're back home. It's Wade County. Like, where can he go? And Would the heat ain't paying double? him. Would it be double? Would it have to be the number? You'd have to make double in China. Uh, yeah, probably. Here's I think I because do. I think 15 represents at like double or like if he's gonna make five here, like triple maybe. Yeah. If you're D Wade, here's what I would do. So if he's listening, here's yeah. the advice. I would play one more year here for sheep and then go. Like I think China Why? will always be there just because, I mean, he can, maybe he can even say it's his last year and have like that send off. Yeah. Okay. He'll have more, one more run. He's sentimental. Kids, you know, he doesn't have to move him out there. And then go to China for the big payday. Because he, he spends, I don't know, I follow him on Instagram, so I see a lot of, he's always in China. He's right. got a shoe over there, which is not real popular here. Right. <laughs> they love over it there. in China. Yeah. Uh, if you've seen it, you'll know why it's not too popular here. They're talking about Udonis possibly going too. Yeah, it'd be interesting. They were working out. Maybe it's a package deal. Well, all right. Here, we <laughs> went from 15 mil to 80 mil. The report yeah. is that Tobias Harris uh, turned down an $80 million, five-year $80 million extension from the Clippers. Um, he decided to bet on himself and become an unrestricted free agent next summer. Um, he was a key piece in that Blake Griffin to Detroit deal. I love it seeing guys bet on themselves, but I'm always like, oh, boy, I hope it goes well. I hope you're right. Uh, it wasn't that long ago, and now this is a different circumstance, but Isaiah Thomas, we were talking about him being a $200 million guy. Yeah. What he just signed, like it was not a good deal. It was for like a uh, – a hundredth of what he would have gotten. Like it wasn't even close. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a 10th. It was a hundredth of what he could have gotten. 
So uh, hopefully it works out. So here's the deal with Tobias Harris. He's a really good player. About 19 points a game. Uh, skilled, like super big three, small four probably in today's NBA. Um, and when you look at what other people are out there making and you compare skill sets, like you're probably worth more money than that. Yeah. The problem with the NBA is timing. So right. Essentially what you're saying is like I'm, I'm, I'm betting on the timing being a lot better for my skill and my, my skill set next summer. The problem with that is – like, there are a lot of variables in play out there in, in L.A. Like, you guys are going to be a bad team, which speaks to you being able to score the ball. Yeah. You're going to get all the shots you want. But he's never – I think he's been injured just about every year he's played in the NBA. There's a little turbulence there in the front office and with the coaching staff. And all of those are all of those are things that, like, could really derail a campaign to try to make 25, you know, 20, 25 million a year. So, like, good luck because I like Tobias. I got to watch him play in high school a little bit. I know him, and, and so I'm cheering for him. Yeah. But always a big risk when you're when you're betting on yourself. Yep. All right, so maybe my, my, my reaction to that was an overreaction. Could have been a proper reaction. Right. We're going to move to another segment now called oh. overreaction or proper reaction. All right, so the Lakers finally made their first good postseason, post-LeBron move of the offseason by signing Michael Beasley. So you're discounting the Rondo and the JaVale McGee. <laughs> this is the first good move that they've made since the LeBron move. Well, I think you have to look at it all. I think obviously that's an overreaction because they have made a lot of other moves, but I don't think it's as much of an, over, an overreaction statement than you would think because it's actually pretty good value. And when you consider Lance Stevens had said he still hasn't even spoken to LeBron. He doesn't even have his Scott phone. Lance. Like, yeah. where's that going down? Uh, I, It's an overreaction, but I don't think it's as much of an overreaction as everybody thinks. But this roster is like the vagabonds of the NBA. Like, this is a weird roster when you look at it. I think it could be a total train wreck when it all gets put together. But, uh. Yeah, this is a lot of, uh, a lot of personality um, yes. in one room. But what they're doing is they're just supplementing with pieces – that are proven, like Michael Beasley can score the ball. Lance Stevenson's tough, can score the ball. JaVale McGee has value in today's NBA as a rim run. Rajon Rondo is still really, really good guard. None of these guys in your long-term plan with those Lakers, but in this one year where you couldn't get the long-term answers, you're putting, and again, to LeBron, this has to say, you know, like, yeah, you've got my back. Like, I'm glad that I came here and trusted your word because they're putting all of the bullets in the chamber that they could put in um, this They're year. They're going to fire them all this year, so it's empty. And That's right. And they can go out and get them up. <laughs> That's all a right. smart move. Ohio State won't win the Big Ten this year. Overreaction or proper reaction? Uh, I wish there was a middle reaction because I don't think it's an overreaction, but I don't think it's the proper reaction. Like, I, if you look at it, they were the they were the favorite to uh, the pick to Big Ten Media Days by the uh, Big Ten Media. I actually don't like them. I don't know if I'll pick them because right. I think it's so I think it's the toughest conference in all of college football, the Big Ten is. I think you've got challenges in Penn State who people are overlooking. Michigan has supposedly, you know, ready for prime to have this breakout year. And Michigan sure. State's always good. So I think it might be one of these survival of the fittest types years. And with replacing JT Barrett, I know they like Dwayne Haskins a lot as quarterback, but you had the model of consistency there right. with JT Barrett the last few years. There's always a learning curve. I don't care how good you are, and I just wonder if there will be a one or two slip-ups for him that cost him a Big Ten championship. So the Big Ten media day kicks off today in Chicago. Yep. It, the question I have is, is it the best conference in the nation this year? Yes, without question. If you go – as far Did you already as, answer that, and I'm, like, sitting yeah, here reading no, but, my – No, but yes. I'll tell you why. Because I look at it this way. You have to have national championship contenders – they have two, maybe three. You have to have depth, which they're getting better. And they're really their bottom tier has gotten significantly better with addition of coaches like Scott Frost in Nebraska. Purdue has been a lot better. So they, they kind of have all of the requirements to be considered the best conference. 
Um, apologies with my multitasking. Oh, right. You already answered that. Right. But anyway, coming up next, the Big Ten Player of the Year for the past two seasons. He's now a well-paid member of the New York Giants. Uh, we chat with Pr- Pete Prisco on expectations for Saquon Barkley and more from NFL training camp. Stay tuned on Off the Bench with Canell and Bell. Bam. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Rajah Bell. Let's welcome in our buddy Pete Prisco. He's a CBS Sports senior NFL writer, our buddy here on CBS Sports HQ. What's up, Pete? How you doing this morning? What's up, guys? How are you? Fantastic. How long have you been covering training camps? Can you, do you have a number, like how many camps you've covered? Oh, my. I mean, it's <laughs> in between, let's see, 12 to 15 to 16, 17 a year for probably, well, since, I've been in this job since 2000. Other than that, I used to do the Jaguars training camp every year, and and boy, were they an entertainment uh, option. In, think about this, guys. In Jacksonville's first training camp in 1995, they went to Stevens Point, Wisconsin, because they thought it was going to be cool up there, and trained for six weeks starting on July 6th. Oh, Jeez. July 6th. That is absolutely insane and it's a lot of what the, the players have actually used as their leverage yeah. is stuff like that less training camp so not only the time but how much have training camps changed from a media perspective like all of it together like how much has it changed over the past two decades well i think the biggest change is there's no two a days i mean you know back in the day they'd have a morning practice and in full pads and beat the daylights out of each other and then come back in the afternoon and have an afternoon practice and full pads and come back the next day and do it. And, and, I mean, training camp used to be where you beat guys up and you tried to weed out guys, but it also was a time where guys were getting in shape. You didn't have these year-round uh, workouts and, and guys spending money to go to these, you know, workout facilities in the off season. So it was much different options back then. But let me tell you, some of those training camp practices, they used to be so physical. They used to have the middle drill, the nine-on-seven drill, where they line up and pound the ball, and you could do nothing but run the football. And, and those were as violent as anything you would see. You don't see that anymore. That's the biggest change. The, the best part about it is all of this is what you're saying, Pete, is basically camp has become like it was for me throughout my career as a quarterback. So basically you're seeing everybody treated like quarterbacks always were. So that's just kind of where we are now. Which is, I think why we see a lot of problems with guys struggling with tackling and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? Here's the other part of it. Because they aren't, um, you know, in, they don't have that much time anymore. It's all about install now. So mm-hmm. the little things, the, the techniques of the position, the, the tricks of the trade that you need to learn, you don't get taught those anymore. And, and that's why I think you see a lot of these guys going to, like, Chuck Smith, his pass rushing academy, or Charles Bentley's O-line academy. They do that stuff, and now you're getting the DBs together to do their thing. I think that's why you're getting more of that, because you don't get taught the little tricks of the trade. You go in, and it's install, 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 and off you go. So, Pete, as you get around to a bunch of these training camps, like what are a few of the stories that are really piquing your interest? Well, I mean, first, I'm going to Atlanta this week, and will Julio Jones show up? I mean, that's first and foremost for me. I mean, obviously, he's you know wants a new deal. He saw what Matt Ryan got. He saw some of the landscape of the wide receivers in the NFL uh, in terms of free agency, and he wants a new deal. And reality is he signed a new deal two years ago. I mean, if you're the Atlanta Falcons, you can't just go up ripping up deals to allow these guys, you know, two years in to get a new deal. So I think they're, they've already said they're not going to give him a new deal. The question becomes, will Julio show up? And, and we know they need him. They know that he, he is needed. But the question is, will he show up? I think he eventually shows up. Julio's a smart guy. He's also made a boatload of money off the field, from what I was told, in a lot of businesses. So I don't think he needs the money. It's just a principal thing for him. 
Yeah, I think so too. I, I, I blame Raja and these NBA guys for all these NFL holds because we're seeing more and more guys threaten holding out these training camps. It's going to be interesting to watch because he's not the only one uh, who's out there saying he's not going to report, and it's going to get interesting for a lot of teams. You know, it's funny you say that because I was in the locker in the NFL locker room one day, and and the guy was had this magazine featuring all these major mega houses, and he was flipping through it. I said, what do you got there? He goes, I got a magazine. I go, oh, that's a nice one. You might be able to get it. He goes, no, here, here's the pages with the NBA houses. And then he flipped <laughs> over and said, here's the pages with the NFL houses. There's, there's a big difference. I, love, I guarantee it was Rob Report because yeah. that was the one in every Everybody's locker room. Everybody's locker Great for the Rob Report, too, to put those out there. Probably got a lot of sales in them, too. Uh, so a guy who doesn't uh, need a new contract is Saquon Barkley because he just got a four-year uh, deal, $31.2 uh, million guaranteed, $15 million over uh, $20 million signing bonus was paid out immediately. I'm all in on Saquon Barkley. I thought it was the right pick for the Giants to make it number two off overall. How much of an impact do you think he's going to make his rookie season? Uh, by the way, I hated the pick. I don't think you draft <laughs> running backs that high. Um, that's me. I've never been a big believer in taking running backs in the top ten um, because uh, look, just look at the landscape last year. Kareem Hunt, third round. Alvin Kamara, third round. I mean, you could find those guys, which is part of the reason why Le'Veon Bell's probably not getting the contract he wants. Uh, but I do like Barkley. I think as a player, he's a special player. I just think the value of the position has, you know, deteriorated. And, and so from that standpoint, that's why I wouldn't take him. I do like him as a player. I think he's a heck of a football player, can run it, can catch it, can block. I mean, he, he'll block you on those, those blitz pickups, which you know, Danny, you have to be able to do if you're a young running back. So I think it's a good pick from a, you know, uh, how talented he is. I just don't think it's a great pick from a value position. Hey, let me ask you about another uh, another rookie quarterback, Josh Rosen, out there in Arizona. He's got a whole lot of ideas about you know fixing NCAA football. Um, he's a genius. He is a genius. He's got all the answers. Yeah, but I'll tell you about him too. Does he get a shot in Arizona this year? Um, and, and can he help fix them? Well, you know he's going to get a shot because Sam Bradford never finishes the season, so that's going to be a a he's going to get to play. But I, I know a lot of guys out there, and they are raving about the kid. I mean, the bottom line is he stepped in. And, you know, there were always questions about the attitude, how he would he fit, how would he fit in with his teammates? They supposedly love him as well. He, he's he's a junkie. He's grasped the offense already. He's smart. He just has that feel of an NFL quarterback. And there were, I'll be honest with you, there were a lot of guys leading into the draft that had questions about that kid. I think he answered a lot of those in the offseason in Arizona. I do think he's going to play this year. It's just a matter of when. It wouldn't shock me if it's, you know, the first month that they get off to a slow start, he's in there uh, because he has that type of ability. I got a question for you. Now, from a financial standpoint, I think the answer is really obvious. But which quarterback of these two I'm going to give you has more pressure on him this season? Is it Kirk Cousins in Minnesota or is it Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City? Oh, I think it's Kirk Cousins. I mean, look, you're, this year is kind of like if you with Patrick Mahomes, and, and I actually got a piece coming out of him. I spent some time with him in, in May. Um, with Mahomes, it's, yeah, if what do you expect from him? It's a first-year starter. So whatever you get is kind of gravy. Yeah, you, he's replacing Alex Smith, but this is a long-term situation. I think he's going to play very well, by the way, but I think it's a long-term situation. For me, it's about Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's, you, you make all that money. You've got a ready-made team that went to the championship game last year. You've got to get that team at least back to the championship game and, and maybe, you know, obviously even further to the Super Bowl, maybe even win it. So I, I think that question is easy. It's definitely uh, for me, it's Kirk Cousins. All right, so you, you had a situation last year with Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith, and 
right now in Baltimore, there seems to be another kind of situation like that playing out where you have, you know, Joe Flacco, but then you've got Lamar Jackson drafted in the first round waiting in the wings. What Can you talk a little bit about that situation and, and how you see that playing out? Yeah, look, this is a good situation for the Ravens because it's going to light a fire and supposedly has lit a fire under Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, you know, is very even-keeled, and some people say, you know, where's the fire in the belly? He won the Super Bowl and he had that great year, got the good contract, but the fire in the belly isn't there. Supposedly this has helped light that fire in the belly, which is a good thing. Um, You know, also in fairness to Joe Flacco, he had nothing. I mean, look at his run game. It was non-existent. You look at his wide receivers. They were terrible. You look at the tight end position. It wasn't very good. So now that like beefed that up a little bit. The offensive line should be better with Yonda back in the lineup. So I think this is an opportunity for him to play. But they have to know, he has to know, that you draft Lamar Jackson because he's the future. And when does that future come? Is it sometime during this season? Is it sometime after the season? I think ideally they'd like it to be after the season, and then he takes over next year. But you never know. And, you know, heck, Flacco, has gotten hot at the right times. I mean, look, look at his playoff record. The guy's been phenomenal in the playoffs. He seems to, to get it going when he feels a little bit of the pressure and the heat, so maybe this will get him going, and maybe maybe they don't play Lamar Jackson next year. But, you know, when you have a big contract, and that's the thing, guys. In Kansas City, when I was out there talking to Andy Reid and, and Brett Beach, the general manager, the one thing that they said is they loved Alex Smith, but when, when, when you move on from the quarterback position, that gives you a cheap contract at the quarterback position and allows you to do other things with the football team. So I think from that standpoint, you have to keep an eye on that in Baltimore as well. Uh, no doubt about it. All right, let's finish off like we always do, a little superlatives here with Pete Prisco. Uh, all right, Pete, so these are kind of rapid fire, but I'm interested to hear some of your answers on these. All right, the most accommodating training camp team that you've covered. Well, for me, it's Jacksonville. I've been around there for decades, so they, you know, I'm, I'm like the the old grandpa that rolls in and they treat him very well because they they don't want to offend me. <laughs> so I, for me, it's Jacksonville. But there's a lot. I mean, the Atlanta Falcons are accommodating as heck. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are. I try to go to teams that accommodate me. Yeah. I mean, the Cardinals have always been great to me. There's the Rams, the Chargers. I I don't go to teams that aren't accommodating, and that's therefore I don't go to New England. And it's nothing against Stacey James, the PR guy, but they have so many people there, and it's just so hard to get anything. So uh, rapid fire, not rapid fire, but that's that's my answer. If New England's the worst, who's the second worst as far as accommodation? Detroit used to be bad, but they've had a changeover in their uh, staff. So I'm not. I don't know how. You know, this year will be different, but they've never been that accommodating either. All right, I, not. It, Accommodations aside, what's the worst training camp site? The worst training camp site? Well, I, you know, for me, it's it's when I got to get in a car and drive somewhere a long ways. And um, you know, I once drove from Anderson, Indiana, to Bourbonnais, Chicago, Illinois, which is where the Bears are. And 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 I was actually on a two lane road. And I looked over, and I was I swear I was in some farmer's driveway. I mean, it, that's how bad that was. And there's cornfields, and, and you get there, and you go, I'm in Illinois. It looks like I'm in the middle of Kansas or Iowa or something. So I, Bourbon A is, for me, is, that's kind of one I don't like. I didn't like going to. All right, there you go. Good stuff, Pete. Hey, thanks for getting up early for us, all right? All right, guys. Take care. All right, you got it. Follow uh, Pete on Twitter, at PriscoCBS, and uh, check him out here all the time on CBS Sports HQ. Let's get on to uh, Refresh with Hannah. Johnny Menzel will get a chance to play. The Hamilton Tiger Cats traded their backup quarterback to Montreal on Sunday in a five-player trade. Menzel will play for first-year Montreal coach Mike Sherman, who recruited him to Texas A&M in 2011 as the Aggies head coach. 
And Dwayne Wade made his emotional return to the Miami Heat at the trade deadline last season, but the reunion could potentially be short-lived. According to a report, a Chinese team is set to offer D. Wade a monster deal. He's an unrestricted free agent and is currently in China after just signing a lifetime shoe deal. All right, so Danny, you talked about this earlier in the show. I am officially taking over Socially Relevant because I can talk about that. And yes. we're just we're just going to let the dads listen to this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> All right, so the first one up. This video is so good. So this is an Alabama fan, and he, he's the groom here in this situation. He thinks he's getting this Tide-themed cake. You can see he's really excited about it. He's stopping. He's taking pictures. He thinks that this pose. is his show. But what he doesn't know is that his bride, an LSU fan, surprised him with a purple and gold cake inside of this. There we go. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Love it. I, this video is so fantastic. And the thing, like, if you listen to it from start to finish and you hear how much smack he's talking about Roll Tide and all yeah. that stuff, it's even better to see his reaction. But you know what would make it even better? If LSU would win every six or seven years, yeah. like if they'd win a little bit more often in this rivalry. Just not against the Hurricanes in September. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's right. I love the rivalry, though. That's such a good move by the bride. Like, I support yep. that all the way. <laughs> that is fantastic. All right, another video that you guys just have to see. This one is Gordon Hayward. He is back in the gym, and he's looking pretty good. We all know he went down last season, and, and so far it's it seems like everything is is rolling for him. What yeah, do you guys think yeah. of this video? No, he looks he looks good. He looks good. He's not doing a whole lot of like hard planning and stuff off that left leg. I'm sure mm -hmm. he's still taking it pretty, you know, he's taking the precautions necessary, but seeing him moving like this, it's a variety of different shots and step backs like that's nothing but good. Step backs. Yeah. That's on, do you think that's on purpose though to kind of protect the knee? I I think he's trying to t he, that in and of itself is a test for that ankle and stuff like that. Uh but you just don't see a whole lot of bounce or pop, which is probably going to take a while to come back. Right, totally normal. Good stuff, Hannah. I'm glad we got her in there with Socially Relevant. All right, coming up next, no one got fired, so we're going to talk uh, Jimmy G again, all right? My guy. We made it through that. We were, we were careful with our conversation. Back in the news, <laughs> and his girl. That's coming up next on Off the Bench with Canel and Bell. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Let's finish it off like we do every single day with some topics. Debo, what do you got for us? Danny, we can't play sound from the British Open, but thankfully we have comedian Connor Moore to help us out once again with some golfer impressions. Here's some bad shots, and uh, I feel my game's ready now for the Open Championship next week, man. Dustin, that was the Open Championship. Huh? <laughs> I thought that was the British Open. Tiger, so close yet so far, it just wasn't meant to be. Man, I thought I played well this week. I really did. And, uh, you know, it was pretty close. But, uh, you know, <laughs> thing wouldn't bite, you know? Bite. <laughs> that is great. I think this dude is the best hire that yeah. in, in any media company has made that the Golf Channel made with him. The, the dude gives great content. He's fantastic. Yeah. But the beard, like the red beard, like that just... I what was it made out of clay? What was that like made out of like some earthy clay? I can't wait like, to see as he expands his repertoire too. Like when you see, like I can't wait to hear Ricky Fowler. Which one's better, the DJ or the Tiger? I like the DJ. The I, think DJ. I think the DJ is so spot on because <laughs> it also kind of takes a shot at him. Like yeah. the guy is not the brightest cat out there. Oh, bless his heart. All right. The internet is great because it allows us to see incredible feats that we otherwise wouldn't. The internet sucks because sometimes we have to determine whether things are real or fake. And that was the case with this dunk over the weekend, which had the internet a buzz, and deservedly so. But do we think it's legit? Watch this replay. Uh, so we're trying to see if it's photoshopped. 
like it looked like one of those super balls a little hitch at the end fast. yeah i wonder if that's a real ball that's no that's fake that's fake. Yeah, I got right. up there too quick. Full yeah, I got up there too quick. Fake. The slow-mo makes it look real, but it's definitely fake. All right, just pretend that it was real. How would it compare to this other one that we saw a few weeks ago? We uh, never saw Raj's reaction to this. Oh. Yeah. Make the three. Yeah. Catch it out of the net. That is difficulty on a lot of levels there. You got to right? bank a three from an angle. Uh-uh. And he brought it through the legs after the catch. Yeah, that's sick. That's dope. That one's better. Yep. That yeah, one, that was definitely better. Didn't that dude try the one where he tried to dunk it like this? Like a, he tried to do some weird. Tried to like butterfly it in there. Yes, and uh, in, in the dunk contest, it's all about doing something nobody's seen. Now. That throwing it down, jumping and dunking it on the on like that. That's a, it's almost yeah. impossible. I haven't seen anybody. Yeah. How about some other things that might be photoshopped? And that's this photo of Kawhi Leonard smiling. <laughs> uh, we see like Great. two teeth, but we'll count it. That's hey, a smile. This, a, this has got to be a great sign if you're a Raptors fan. Because for a while there, we talked about it. I didn't know if it was going to happen. The fact that he's there, like getting the roll out, the red carpet. I will say this. There was a, a, a report out. One of his close friends yeah. supposedly said they think he could potentially fall in love with Toronto. I want to know if it was the same close friend who said he has no interest in playing in Toronto. Like these rumors <laughs> that are coming around are out of control. Uh, that's equivalent to like the, the San Antonio Spurs small font thanking Kawhi. Like the, the I'm going to smile in my first photo op in Toronto. I haven't smiled here in seven years. <laughs> that's a good call. <laughs> so Aaron Rodgers is going to be signing a new contract soon. A lot of reporters are going to be angling for that scoop. The guy that's going to break the news is Aaron Rodgers' good friend and former teammate James Jones, who's now an NFL Network analyst. Rodgers says that he will tell Jones before he tells anyone else. My question to you guys is, did you guys have someone within the media that you would that was your go-to guy? Nobody cared what I thought for the most part, so <laughs> it didn't really. No. Scoops. But did guys come to you and ask you stuff all the yeah, time? Yeah, I had a lot of guys. Like Mark, Mark Stein is a good buddy of mine. Like Rick Buecher. A lot of those guys would, would reach out to me and, and, and to get info because like I, I was cool with all of them. You know yeah. what I mean? I wanted to do they that. They all try to be your buddy, though. Yeah. They all want to try to get in so they can be that guy. Sure. Jay Glazer was just starting his career like locally in New York, and obviously he's exploded now. He was huge with Fox. He's like one of the best you know NFL insiders that are out there. And I remember going to dinner with Michael Strahan and his wife and me and my girlfriend at the time, and Strahan's like, yeah, meet us out. We're going to go to this place in New York. I'm like, cool. I'm like, who's going? He's like, oh, we got a couple people going. And then Glazer was there, and I'm like, what are we doing? Like, you didn't hang with reporters right. like that. But Glazer kind of was best friends with Strahan uh, and kind of worked that into other relationships. And that's what it's all about. Like, sure. you build up these relationships. Now he does it through his workout place. He's, like, got a facility out in L.A. A lot of dudes work out there, so he gets their numbers, says, hey, hook me up. But very cool that Aaron, like, hooks up his old – like, yeah, that's totally. a pretty unique perspective. But – should be careful your agent isn't floating it out there to some other insider. Yeah. <laughs> Danny, you want to talk relationships? Last yeah. episode, you started with Jimmy G. Today, we end today's podcast with a Jimmy G update. TMZ caught up with the adult film actress, uh, Kiera Mia, he went out with, and asked her about the night. She said, quote, what I will say is this. Jimmy and I had an amazing dinner, and he treated me with so much respect and class. And honestly, we're friends. But she also added... The 49ers will win the Super Bowl this season because, quote, everything she touches turns to gold. <laughs> all right. First of all, Evo, you are fired because we don't have the video for saying that on TMZ. I know we probably don't have rights, but we should have just played it anyway. This, to me, again, 
why this was such a dumb decision for Jimmy Garoppolo. The fact that she's out there on TMZ now, yapping, running her mouth about it, talking about the date, like insinuating stuff that went on. This was an IQ test, and he failed. Let Jimmy G live, bro. <laughs> Jimmy G ain't hurting nobody, man. Like, like we'll let that man live. Oh, it's all about optics, I guess. <laughs> well, we're going to get some more because, I don't know, is there going to be a second date? Now all his teammates are going to get a pass about this. But next time we talk about this story, we're going to have video. We're going to have B-roll rolling. There we go. Everybody can get a, a decent look at Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe. <laughs> Or whoever's talking. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap for us. Again, remember, five days a week this week, as we are from now on, from here on out. We'll be on video pretty soon, too. We'll have an announcement yep. about that soon. And as always, make sure you go follow us on inter- uh, Instagram and Twitter at Canel and Bell.